It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Have you filed your taxes yet? Or are you in the process of doing so? We're going to be tuning in to our favorite planning strategies for taxes and helping you think through the three questions that you need to ask every year when you get your taxes prepared. We're going to cover that and more on this episode of Wise Money. I love tax season. I, I love it. It is what a, I mean, what a geek. I don't love taxes, guys. I do not love taxes. However, tax season, when you're doing planning, that's like, okay, I can calculate how much money I saved. Had I not been working these strategies, oh my goodness, it'd be so different and I'd be paying so much more tax. And therefore, I like when it's sort of final, when you can look and say, okay, look how, at how- How do we do here? Yeah, huh? look at how much taxes we saved. I, I just I just love it. So anyway, we're going to get into that and ultimately help you save on taxes. We're going to give you our favorite tips right now. If you have a question- for the program, we'd love to hear from you. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search Wise Money Show. So have you filed your return yet? I don't know if it's early or late. It's We're halfway through. So if you haven't filed yet, this show is going to make even more sense and be even more helpful. But even if you have or you're in the process of doing so, you're going you're gonna to take something away from today's show on how you can pay less taxes over your lifetime. So here's the big idea. Getting your taxes done, tax season, that's an event. It's a reactive event called tax preparation. Tax planning, though, is proactive. It is not looking and trying to get the right number into the right box. It's looking and saying, well, what if I did this? Legally, guys, these are, just keep it Keep your mind out of the gutter. We're legal tax, like tax strategies. How can you change what you're doing so that you can pay less tax over your lifetime? Lots of times that's less tax today. Sometimes it's paying a little bit of tax today so you won't have to pay it in the future at potentially higher rates. That's why I love tax planning. That's why I love it. So every single year when you're doing this event called tax preparation, before you file, you need to ask and answer three questions. If you're doing this on your own, it's going to be very difficult to answer these questions with confidence. That's why you need a CFP that's doing tax planning with you. We're going to go through these questions so you've got that in your arsenal, but then our tip, we'll share tax tips within these questions as well. First one's really, really basic, but you're going to hate it. And that is before you file your return, it's done. Your return's done. You just haven't signed the e-files yet. You haven't filed it. You have to ask yourself, do I understand where these numbers are coming from? Is this, it, does this result make sense? Why is this important? Well, why is it hated maybe is the better question first. I mean, a, a lot of times people go to a professional tax preparer because they don't want to have to answer this question. I, I don't want to know where the numbers came from. I don't want to know why the result is what it is. I just want someone to make this go away for me. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, of course, that's not what we encourage you to do. We want you to sit down with a tax preparer or a financial advisor 
to help walk through that tax return so that you understand exactly why it is what it is. And that doesn't mean you've got to sit down for 45 minutes and they're going to talk through every single number, but just a cursory overview. Here's your income, all that there. Here's your deductions there. This is your taxable income. Here's how that's broken up. And here's your tax. Here's your withholdings. That can That's all it really needs to be. That's right. And one of the primary reasons that we like to sit down and review that is to, first of all, make sure it's right. You know, you may not even realize that in that stack of documents that you just kind of dropped off to your CPA or, or to your, your tax preparer, uh, you may have been missing something. There, there may be some, some details that got missed in the handoff or whatever. And so reviewing that together may trigger your memory and realize, oh, wait, this, this isn't right. Or a lot of times we'll compare it against last year's tax return and say, you know what, this, this looks different in this area. Uh, you, you know, are we missing something here? I wouldn't have said that that casual. I, that is my favorite way to review a return with someone is not working through the actual tax return, but actually for all the returns that we prepare for our clients here at KFG, the very first two pages are a side-by-side comparison of that tax year versus the prior year. And to me, that's where the numbers actually make sense. All right, so wages, taxable wages that came through, this is after your 401k, after your HSA, all those deductions. It totaled this this year. That's slightly higher than last year. Does that make sense? Does that Mm -hmm. sound right? And I can't tell you how often time, how many times someone said, no, that, wait a second. That, I, that doesn't I seem right. I made more money I this think year. I made more. And yeah. then we're able to dive in and say, oh, yeah, remember, it's because you saved more in your 401k or because that bonus that you thought was going to land on this tax year, it actually was on your last pay stub of the previous year. Remember that? Some, something like that. And then when you work through interest and dividends and so on, yeah, making sure that it's accurate, one, but seeing the contrast is so, so helpful. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah, comparing to last year provides some context, and yep. it it's a benchmark, helps you kind of sniff out, is there an error here? Or at least be aware of how your financial life is changing from year to year. Mm-hmm. You may not even recognize, yeah, I made a lot more money this year, or this this significant change happened. But, you know, one of our other uh, favorite things to compare against would be the tax projection. Yeah, right. You know, work that you already did back in, in the fall. Yeah, I think the... You know, the, the, the ability for most folks to understand all of the tax changes and because we spend all day every day working with this stuff, it makes sense. But if you and I was just talking with a guy this past week and I was explaining all the tax law changes and I was telling him what happened in Secure Act 1.0, Secure Act 2.0. He's a business owner, so that really affected him, but it also affects individuals and people are busy. And people are living their lives and they're not, most folks are not paying attention to what is being, uh, what changes are being enacted mm-hmm. by Congress. And so, um, and that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't spend a ton of time, unless it was my job and I got paid to do it, I probably wouldn't spend a ton of time doing it. But you need to understand how the, this it should help you with your behavior. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm remembering back to something that, Mike, I think you said in a recent show that uh, you, you kind of elevated the importance of tax planning and being proactive to n- not like a helpful add-on, but like a baseline requirement of a certified financial planner moving forward. I, I don't think I'm it's, overstating that. It's no longer acceptable that your financial advisor ignores your tax planning. 
Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. no longer so early on 20 years ago, Kevin, mm-hmm. when this was kind of woven into the fabric mm-hmm. of KFG, no longer just a vision, but actually mm-hmm. something we did. It was, oh, this stands out and it's an add on and it it's a it's a big help. And now it is it's a necessity and the rest of the world hasn't caught up to that yet. But you have to because it's that important. That's right. And a certified financial planner who's doing that proactive planning in the fall each year, running a a mock version of the tax return or working with your CPA to do so, they're creating, again, another benchmark or another baseline that you want to be comparing the final results to, to say, okay, were there any surprises here? Is anything changing? Has our planning actually worked out the way that we we intended? Yeah. All right. I want to go back to one other thing. And Josh, I think you have some of the, the stats in your head, but- the reason why you would go through this first step, and it doesn't mean you've got to be a tax expert. In fact, uh, you're not going to be able to. It's it's getting harder and harder and harder to be that tax expert, but you still need to answer this question. Do I understand where the numbers are coming from and, and, and why the return turned out this way? That can be a very quick overview with your CFP who's helping you with tax planning. But the accuracy, there are more and more paper audits, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. If you miss a 1099, if you miss a, for, oh, I forgot that I got that dividend every year. I forgot that we actually made that change this year. I forgot that, you know, I, I had this small retirement account that had $400 into it. And and therefore I, I never got, you know, I, I didn't give you that tax document reporting that income. How many and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but there's just a significant number of notices that are being sent out. Yeah, and it's rising significantly. You know, year over year, way more people are getting these notices. But most audits that are happening with the IRS are not a field audit where they're coming out and sitting down with you. They're sending you mail, and that's mm-hmm. how they're getting it done. And it's about 78% of those audits are coming in the mail. It is astounding. And so just this double check to make sure to do it. Do I have everything? Did I get everything to you? That is more and more important. All right. What are some of our favorite tax tips? These other questions. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the three questions that you need to answer every year after your tax return's done, but before you file it? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. All over social media as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Three questions that, as you're doing your tax preparation, helps you immensely with your tax planning, which is way more important. Tax preparation is just sort of the final score of the game. Tax planning is your strategy and execution for how you're going to win. Okay. So first question, before you file that return, but it's done, you review it with your CFP side by side, hopefully comparing it to, to last year or comparing it to your projection to say, all right, did we capture everything? Do we had, do we understand where all these numbers are coming from and, and why we got the result that we got? This is, this takes two minutes. It doesn't take long, but it's that second check for added perspective and added accuracy. Kevin. Yeah. So there could be a lot of surprises. If you look at what's changed in, in for your, your 2022 tax return, and that's the one that you're getting done this spring in 2023. Um, in 2021, 
there was a $3,600 per dependent child tax credit. That went from 3600 to 2000 in 2022. So that was a meaningful drop. The earned income tax credit for eligible tax payers, no children, went from 1500 down to 500 Child and dependent care credit went from 8000 to 2100 so, so you might be looking and saying, wait a minute, why? where's all the money? I, was, I got a bunch of money last year, and I didn't this year. And to me, there's an attribution analysis that people almost automatically do, and what, what do they attribute that difference to? They're tax prepared. They're tax prepared. It is, the, it is so amazing to me because people come in and are like, yeah, I'm, I'm paying a lot of taxes. My tax prepared really doesn't know what he's doing because I used to go uh, have this one guy prepare my taxes, and I didn't pay much. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how to break it to you, but it's probably not your tax repair. The thing that I'm that I am uh, I, I want to talk to my children about the the eligibility rules have changed to claim a tax credit for clean vehicles, and uh, we've been trying to get them to clean their vehicles for years. And if I tell them there's a tax credit related to clean vehicles, yeah. it, they just might do it. I don't we need think... one for clean bedrooms too in <laughs> yeah. our house. I think I don't, I don't see that. You happening. know what though, and that's a good point that you bring up, Kevin. Part of the reason why it's important to just pause and review the outcome of your tax return is to be aware of those types of tax law changes. Your your life may have been completely stable from year to year, and yet the tax laws are changing on you, and it can swing the results of the tax return pretty significantly. Or the opposite could happen. You know, you, you there may be years where there are no meaningful tax law changes at all, and yet your tax return can change substantially from one year to the next just simply because you go from being eligible for certain write-offs uh, to no longer being eligible. And I, I think it's important. There, there are many times when we'll sit down and show a client, hey, the only reason you have a refund here is because you got that tax credit and that tax credit's going away next year. Yeah. And if you don't pause to like have that conversation and be aware, next year there's a surprise coming potentially. And that is going to be question number three. We're not going to jump there now, but if you don't answer question number one, you're not going to be able to answer question number three. And that's the most important one if, if you were to ask. Okay, that that is. And you can't answer question number three without answering question number one. All right. Now, for those who just tuned in, question number one. I feel like I'm at Dr. Seuss, like some sort of (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Seuss. Now, okay, so question number one Do I understand before, after your return is done, but before you file your tax return, do I understand where these numbers are coming from and why I'm getting the result that I'm getting? This is not a, you know, a, a, a thesis and some sort of in-depth review of your tax return. It's just an overview of, of the results of your return. Second question, before I file, is there anything that I can do right meow? <laughs> right now, favorite it joke, is. I it? love it. And it's, yeah. So, uh, is there anything that I can do right now to improve last year's return before I file it? And you might think, uh, hasn't jet that ship sailed? No, there's actually a few things. Some of the things as you review and answer question number one, you're going to look and say, yeah, this turned out different and there's an opportunity here for the future, but we can't do anything about it now. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that you can do before the tax filing deadline, April 18th this year to improve last year's return. Guys, why is this important? And then let's get into our favorite tips here, some of the strategies. Well, I think it's important because a a lot of times you do get to tax time, you're ready to file the return, and for whatever reason, it's not the outcome that you thought. Maybe something changed at the very last minute uh, in the prior calendar year, and it really skewed your numbers or, or changed what your tax picture is looking like. 
And it's important to know that there are still some some weapons you have in your arsenal. There's tools that you can use. There's levers you can pull, whatever metaphor you want to use. The point is, it's not done until you file. And I'm talking about, um, you know, things where you can make a contribution up until your tax filing deadline. You know, you have these bonus months where last year is done, it's in the bag, and yet you still have the power to influence it. And sometimes that can make the difference between you being right on the edge of a certain tax bracket, being eligible for certain tax credits, and uh, or, or maybe having to pay back some credits if, if you were on the Affordable Care Act, for example. So uh, there, there are some things that you may want to do at the last possible second here to influence that tax picture. Before we get into strategies, and you mentioned some of them, and I, we're going to break them down for you, but the other reason why this is important is what if it was a good idea and it makes sense on your tax uh, for your taxes, but by December 31, you didn't have the cash. You didn't have all the cash that you needed to fund that IRA or that SEP IRA, and now you've got a couple more months where you've been able to stockpile some cash. Now, you know, if you extend that out every single year, eventually that might catch up to you. But yeah, I, I, I would like to put an extra, I'd like to fully top off the HSA because that will help for several reasons. I just didn't have the cash flow to do it, but I got a bonus or I've got some, you know, cash gift around the holidays, or I'm about to get a refund on my return and I can use some of that refund to fund some of these things. So these extra couple months also give you some cash flow potentially to attack some of these things. So what are they? I, my favorite is the HSA. My yeah. favorite is the HSA, where you've got up until April 18th to make a contribution for last year. And oftentimes, here's why it's my favorite, because we're all going to have medical expenses out of pocket. Mm-hmm. We know that retirement savings are getting more challenging, and they're changing some of those rules there. And the HSA is a fantastic vehicle for retirement if you repurpose it that way. And yet so often... People contribute to the HSA based on here's what I think I can afford out of my paycheck or here's how much medical expenses I think we'll have. And then you get to the end of the year and you look at their return and you say, you know, there's an extra thousand bucks you can throw in your HSA. It can save you a couple hundred bucks on your on your return. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, Well, part of the reason we love the HSA is because it gives you that upfront tax write-off that will influence last year's tax return. But it also comes out tax-free when you use it for medical expenses. So there there are just not very many opportunities that you have to save tax on the front end when you save, when you make the contribution, and on the back end when you take the distribution. All right. Now, I'm not a gambler, but there's this thing called a parlay. And I don't know if that's more of a, a, a you know a universal term or if it's just in gambling where you say, okay, well, I'm going to, I think this team's going to win in this game. I think this team's going to win on this game. And I think this team's going to win on this game. And if you get all three of them right, then your odds are obviously really diminished, but the payout would be bigger. So let me parlay the HSA. If you're on Affordable Care Act and you want to make sure it's affordable, if you're on health insurance from healthcare.gov and you select an HSA eligible plan and you do your return and blah, blah, blah. And it looks like your income is going to be higher than what you originally stated it would be when you got that health insurance from the, uh, from healthcare.gov. And you're going to have to pay, when you look at your return, you're going to have to pay a lot of those premium tax credits back. And usually this is, you know, a couple dollars over opens the floodgates where you you owe so much in taxes. It's well, like the ultimate surprise on a tax return. It, yeah. So you look at that and you say, well, you're going to owe six grand on your return because you made too much money. 
you weren't planning on going back to work part time. You weren't planning on something, whatever, and you're going to owe six grand. Instead, what if you put five grand into an HSA because your plan, the health insurance you chose, is HSA eligible? If you put five grand in an HSA, now you're going to be below those thresholds and you actually break even on your tax return. Or it makes an enormous swing when you're on. That's where when you're looking at healthcare.gov and you've got choices and some of them are high deductibles, but some of them are high deductible HSA eligible. You got to pick that one. It's going to be a little more expensive. You have to because it gives you this option just in case your income gets a little a, a little out of hand. So, all right, there's a few other tips, our favorite tips, things that you can do after December 31st, but before April 18th. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What can you do to improve last year's tax return? After you've completed your return, but you haven't filed up until April 18th. We're giving you that list, our tips right now. And then one other big question you've got to answer every time you file your taxes. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Shows on YouTube, as well as a lot of other content. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there. All right, so first question. Every time you're getting your tax return done, you've got to know where the where the, the the numbers are coming from, why you're getting the result that you are getting. Second, before you file that return, you've got to run through the list of options. What could I do to improve this tax return before I file it? HSA is one of them. Guys, what are the other options to consider? Our favorite tips. Well, I, one of the reasons I like the HSA and the example that you gave in our last segment of someone who maybe is surprised and finds out that they're going to have to pay back some of the premium tax credits that they got on their their health insurance through the, the marketplace, through Affordable Care Act, is you can start actually stacking some, some of these strategies. You can make an HSA contribution and make a traditional IRA contribution potentially. And now all of a sudden you're getting multiple write-offs at the last second that helps bring your income down and maybe makes you more eligible for some of those credits that were being taken away from you or that you were being forced to pay back. So all of a sudden you can really swing a tax return at the last minute by stacking contributions. Of course, you have to have the cash to be able to do it. Yep. So let's let's not you know lose sight of that fact. And you've got to be eligible, income that's eligible, right. and, and know those rules. Another one, so traditional IRA, another one that's just like that is the SEP IRA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so... Uh, I think that simplified employee employer pension, mm-hmm. it's more like self-employed pension is really what I would kind of rename it to. Because if you've got side income or you're self-employed, I've got the side hustle, whatever, then that opens up another opportunity. Sure, you could do an HSA if you're eligible for that, a traditional IRA if you're eligible for that. But if you've got self-employed income, you could also do a SEP. And again, you need the cash flow, but we've seen this significantly swing someone's tax return uh, quite a bit. So that's another option. And you have up until your tax filing deadline to make that one. Yep. With extensions even. Yeah. Right? right. So you can buy even more time for yourself all the way into the fall um, to, to make a contribution like that one. Just, if I'm, you've extended. I'm just looking at Mike and picturing him with extensions. <laughs> so I, I, I do think um, the, the other thing that you can do, especially if you're self-employed, is if you have a, a solo 401k. Now, that has to be set up before 
1231, but that is, you can fund that one up until your tax filing deadline, including extensions as well. Are we going with solo 401k, solo K, single K, self-employed 401k? One one man, one woman, uh, Keo plan. plan. That's going way back. These things, yeah. are, they're all I mean the same thing. You then, of course, can also do the Roth IRA. And gosh, this is like the one financial program where the Roth IRA is listed last. Everyone loves the Roth. We do too. However, it, uh, it it's an opportunity that you could fund up until your tax filing, ded- filing deadline if you're eligible. It's not going to help you on your return last year. It'll help you on future returns, tax-free growth. Mm-hmm. So, and then the last thing that I would mention, guys, I don't know if you have anything else, but we got to get to the third question too, but maximizing the retirement savers credit. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. This is my favorite, one of our favorites. And you're looking at your tax return. Oftentimes you've got to do this retroactively where you're looking at your completed return. You haven't filed it yet. And you're looking saying, oh, wow, our adjusted gross income was actually below the threshold. And we get this special tax credit for doing what we should be doing anyway, and that's saving up for retirement. Have we maximized that? And the reason why so many people don't is if your income's below the thresholds such that you're eligible for this, oftentimes if you're married, it's just one person contributing, not both, Mm -hmm. because your income is low, because your spouse is working part-time or not working at all. But the tax credit is optimized on the first 2,000 that each of you would contribute to your retirement accounts. Right, so you will save more money getting more of this credit if you and your spouse each contribute 2,000 instead of one spouse contributing 4,000. Right. You'll be able to effectively double your credit. Yeah, and to get you in the ballpark for 2022, it's you know it it phases out at sixty eight thousand of adjusted gross income. So I would want you to be asking your tax preparer or whoever is helping you deliver your tax return and and receive it to just ask them: are, Is there anything that I could do or could have done to change my tax picture for last year? Yeah, I mean that is the second question. And ideally, you're not having to force that. You're not having to ask yourself that and wonder your CFP is guiding that discussion. And really for this second question, they're actually running through the list of the things that they've already helped you put in place. I love when we, when I'm delivering a return and I'm saying, listen, the tax strategies that makes the most sense for you, maxing that 401k, funding that HSA, contributing to the Roth, you've done all those things. You've done everything that you can do to make this tax year look as good as it possibly can. Well done. Yeah. Can I throw out one more for yeah. business owners or self-employed individuals? If you're someone who made a significant purchase of a piece of machinery or equipment or some significant business asset in the prior year and you put it into production, you put it into use last year, you're going to be making a decision on this year's when you file the the tax return for that year. Um, on how you're going to write it off, so to speak, or how you're going to deduct that expense. You can either spread it out over the life of that of that asset, or you can take it in a in a more quick, um, you, you know, upfront way. And a lot of times, the the right answer it just depends on well, what kind of impact is it going to have on my tax return over the years of of that asset's life. You have discretion on this. And you don't have to make the decision at the moment that you put that machinery into production. It's when you file your taxes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it makes sense to pause long enough and think through, all right, if I take the deduction this way, what is, what's the outcome? If I take it this way, uh, does that one make more sense? That Again, it's, a, it's unique to a business owner 
or to a self-employed individual. Yeah, what Josh is referring to is depreciation. Because basically, if I depreciate this asset this year, because the question is, what what does my income look like going forward? And am I, because if I have a lower income year, but I bought this amazing piece of equipment and it's going to allow me to triple my production, I might want that depreciation to be pushed into the future right. instead of taking it all this year. And it's, it's, it's very... It's very tricky. It's it's kind of the marshmallow experiment um, <laughs> because you say, all right, if you don't eat the marshmallow uh, in, in the next five minutes, I'll give you a bag of them. And, um, <laughs> and you just go on YouTube and watch. Those kids, they almost all eat that doggone marshmallow. I know. And oftentimes <laughs> you look at business owners and oftentimes they say, no, I yes, I'm looking forward to this next year and I can anticipate certain things, but I don't know. Give me the full deduction right now. Yeah. Because I want the tax savings right now. I want Correct. that bigger refund. That so as long right as we're now. talking business owners and pet peeves at the end of the year <laughs> they say what uh you know i had a good year what should i buy uh-huh. and so my question is always well what do you need yep. and it's not well it's not what do i need it's what should i buy so that i can pay less in taxes uh-huh. i'm like well don't buy anything that you don't need because if you don't need it then you're spending that money unnecessarily if you do need it and getting a tax write off that tax write off is a percentage of what you spend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So if it's if it's unnecessary, then you're spending a whole bunch of money that you shouldn't. Right. It's hard to turn down the temptation of a cool new tractor or a big new truck or new piece of machinery sometimes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All right, let's, <laughs> yes, let's <it> is. <laughs> transition then to the final question. So there, again, there's three questions you need to ask yourself and answer every time you file your taxes. And this is going to help you with your tax planning. The first, do I understand where all these numbers are coming from, why I'm getting the result I'm getting on my return? Number two, is there anything I can do before I file to improve my tax picture? And then number three, let's just start before we get into tips, guys, we're not going to have enough time to unpack that right now. So let's just talk about why it's important is what's changing in my tax picture this year that I need to adapt my behavior for or plan for right now? Yeah, this is important because you want to catch the changes, the pivots that are are happening in your financial life as early as possible in the calendar year. If you need to be increasing contributions to a retirement plan or maybe you are under withholding on taxes, you don't want to wait until the fall or until next year's tax filing to realize, oh, I could have been withholding just a little bit more out of every single paycheck throughout the year and I wouldn't have a problem, but a year from now, a problem may be brewing. There is a long list of potential problems, but big opportunities that are our favorite tips that you've got to consider when answering this question and, and really how how is uh, how would you answer this question? We're going to run through that list and, and help you with this. We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, or follow us there, and then rate the program. We appreciate that. This show, actually the entire idea of this show, is to help you make wise financial decisions by looking at all six areas of your financial life, And as you've got choices, okay, which one is going to bring the most benefits to as many areas of my financial life as possible? One of those areas is tax 
planning, not tax preparation, getting your taxes done. That's just compliance. And there's no planning needed with that. It's just getting the right number in the right box. It's, that's just you know doing what's required. Tax planning, though, is, and I, Kevin, I love how you've elevated this. It's paying the least amount of tax over your lifetime, if not multiple lifetimes. Who wouldn't want to do that? Right? Who? I mean, that's what even Congress folks who write the laws, who say people need to pay their fair share, they're doing it too. No one's going to contribute to their 401k and say, eh, I don't want the deduction. You know <laughs> what? I'm going to contribute pre-tax, but I want to pay the tax. I'm willing to. No one's doing that. No one is doing that, okay? So what are the legal ways? What are the laws? What are the, I mean, the entire, uh, I'm on a soapbox, guys. You get, someone's going to need to reel me, reel me in. The entire tax code is behavior manipulation. They are trying to yeah. manipulate behavior. So what sort of behavior manipulation is stuff that you want to do or should do anyway? And you can get some benefits for doing it. So you got to ask yourself and answer three questions every time you do your return. One, do I understand where these numbers are coming from, why I got the results I got? That helps you with accuracy, helps you avoid notices, helps you make sure that you didn't miss anything and that what actually happened lined up with what you expected. Second, is there anything you could do right now before you file to improve last year's return, HSAs, IRAs, SEP IRAs, those sorts of things? But then the third, and this is where the rubber meets the road, is anything changing in my tax picture or finances this year that I need to start planning for right now so that I don't show up a year from now with a big tax surprise or missed opportunities? So what are some of those, guys? Well, I think that the easy ones, if you're um, either younger or older, am I adding a child tax credit or am I losing a child tax credit? Right. And I could actually lose a child tax credit because my children age out of it, or I could lose it because my income phases me out of it. Yeah. The 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 one that I think is most frustrating to people is my child ages out of it. Because I think logically you would say, well, I'm going to get this child tax credit as long as I've got this child. And that is not true. That to, is not yeah. how they have the, it set up. It's to age 26. Wouldn't that make sense? That would make sense. <laughs> or at least age 18 or age 21. Some other logical numbers that society and our culture has said, these are times when when kids start to become adults, or at least should. Right. No, this is age 17. The year they turn age 17, no more child tax credit. That's right. Uh, you know, you're, you're referring to one event, you know, having a, a child or that child becoming an adult and no longer being eligible for certain credits. There's other life events that can change someone's tax picture pretty significantly as well. You know, getting married obviously changes your your tax picture. You're filing in a completely different status. You have different tax brackets that are applying to you. You're maybe merging two financial lives and two incomes together. So everything is changing when you go through that type of a life transition. Retirement would be another one. Mm -hmm. You know, going from your working career to now living off your investments or living off Social Security and pensions, that's a swing. It, it not only could change what tax bracket you're in, but even how you pay your taxes. You know, you're used to paying your taxes out of a paycheck every single uh, pay period. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're needing to plan ahead a little bit more, maybe having to take certain distributions from your IRAs to cover uh, your taxes or or maybe making quarterly estimates. So 
you know, just being aware. This is part of the reason why tax planning is such an important part of a financial plan. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, your financial plan needs to be steered by your tax picture and vice versa. So to me, the the goals that you're achieving and those life transitions are really what you have to be um, talking to your certified financial planner about every single spring because uh, some some of these can sneak up on you at times. Yeah, yeah. I think of a couple situations that I've seen recently. One is um, uh, we met with a prospective client and. One of them was eligible for uh, drawing Social Security, and they were 70-plus. And so your Social Security benefit doesn't grow a penny beyond 70. Uh Now, if there's any redeeming, anything redeeming in there, you can can go Go back back six six months. months, But I think, all right, if you've got – if you're working, if one or both of you are working outside the home – and you say, hey, we can turn this on. Another one I saw, um, this person had a pension. And as we're looking at it, and I'm thinking, okay, this pension is from a few jobs back. It's been a while. Does Is this amount growing at all? No, the pension amount isn't growing. So how many years do you want to take a pension amount that won't increase at all? based on your age and not do it. But if you say, wait a minute, I'm working right now and I'm gonna draw, if I start drawing this pension, what does that do to my tax situation? Right, right, right. So this is where where tax planning is so crucial and you just want someone looking over your shoulder saying, hey, listen, if you zig instead of zag, your financial life just got way, way better. If you changed jobs last year, you've, when you do your taxes, this is one of the issues or answers to question number three what changed in your financial situation that impacts your 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 planning for this year even if you do your return and say oh yeah everything came out copacetic everything looks all right you've got to look at your pay stub to say okay wait i know i changed jobs and even though you think you filled out that w4 the exact same if that company is using the new withholding tables but you were on the old withholding tables or whatever it may not be the same and when you just look at a partial year because you changed jobs last year, you might not see that you were actually, there were some some issues. But then a full year of 2023 might expose, oh, no, you've got a problem here. You're not withholding enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that the big one is I live in a state and work in a different state. Yes. And so if you moved last year and you you move to a state where you're not working, it's so incredibly easy for that to get messed up either in your withholdings or when your taxes are prepared. And so I would tune into that. But the other thing is if you move states last year, and it'd be easy to move states, we're right on the border of Indiana and Michigan. So you move from Indiana to Michigan or vice versa. One thing that you need to understand is the 529 plan Mm -hmm. because everything changed. You went from getting a credit to a deduction or a deduction to getting a credit. And should I really fund a 529 plan? Well, now that there are options, and this this is now estate planning and a number of other things, uh, areas of your financial life are impacted by your 529 plan decisions, this is where you need to be sitting down with your financial advisor and saying, hey, can you give me tax advice? And if they say, uh, I can't go talk to a tax advisor, you you need a different... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Mike, you said something earlier. Um, when you're doing tax planning, you want to align 
the, the tax code or the opportunities uh, in the tax code with the things that you already want to be doing anyway in your financial life. You know, your, your financial plan is pointed towards certain goals, certain objectives. And if you can, if you can take advantage of tax laws that help propel you towards that, you know, that's, that's a huge win uh, in, in your financial planning. And an example of that is just your own retirement savings. You know, if, if you've got a big goal and you're maybe trying to play some catch up on uh, a, a retirement funding goal, trying to get to a certain size nest egg by a certain age, um, making sure that you're maxing out your contributions wherever possible, I think is, is a big deal. Recognize that just this year, the, the amount that everyone can contribute to a 401k jumped by two grand. Mm-hmm. It's 22500 now. And if this happens to be a year where you're turning age 50, you can do another 7500 I would want you to take inventory of that and recognize it here early in the year so you can make adjustments to your, your contributions and, and hopefully take full advantage of these bigger buckets for retirement. If you've been wanting to or have been maxing out your 401k contributions or 403b and you turned 50 this year, your contribution limit limit went from 20,500 to 30 grand. Mm-hmm. That's a big increase yeah. that helps make a big difference on your taxes and in your retirement picture. If you're able, I'd want you to capture that and yes. be aware of that earlier in the year. Guys, we didn't even scratch the surface. There's a lot more. You need tax planning, working with your certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. All right, that's all the time we have for today on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Dude, my favorite is the ice cream parlay. <laughs> that is where I'd like to be found. <laughs> Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.